Welcome to the Arena Podcast. I'm John Burke. I'm here with Dan Alaric, the uh, head CEO of RunStyle. And today we'll be talking about more, less, less about fitness, but more about business for the future entrepreneurs out there. They want to know what it takes to go out there and start up their own business and actually be successful with it. So thank you for being on the show, Dan. I greatly appreciate uh, you taking the time. I know you're an extremely busy man, but thank you for doing this for me. Oh, it's exciting, man. All right, so first and foremost, tell me a little bit about Gruntstyle, how you started your background. All right, so actually, uh, I started it while I was on the trail um, down at Fort Benning, Georgia. I was a drill sergeant, uh, and I was on one of the ranges, and I had to start thinking about life after the Army. My wife uh, had a brand new wife, brand new baby, and what's next? So uh, I, I had a problem. Primarily, my problem was I didn't have any skills outside of the Army, you know, being an infantryman. Um, and I also didn't want to lose that connection to that culture, that warrior culture that we enjoy, that pride in self and military and country that we have while we're in service and when we wear those uniforms. So how do I take that pride and patriotism with me and have a job as well? So I came up with an idea. Um, the idea is if I really wanted to show off my pride and show people, you know, this is who I am, this is, you know, this is where I come from. Um, what better way to show off that pride than put it on your back? Right. And I'll start with a t-shirt. So I had a little graphic arts background, a little web development background. So I put some things together and five and a half years later, we're 92 employees. Uh, we make a lot of awesome gear. Now, I remember you telling me that you sold from a kiosk at the yeah. PX. Yep. So those of you that are in the military, that you go to the PX and stuff like that, and you see these people selling the sunglasses and the stuff that you think is rinky-dink, you never know when that could blow up into a, a million-dollar company like Grunstyle as is now. I mean, yeah, no, there was a lot lot more uh, in between those. I mean, it was a lot harder than it looks, but uh, um, that, definitely we started selling at the kiosk at the PX. And then you just you worked up from there. Worked our ass off all the way through there. That's awesome, man. Okay, so then let me let me delve into this then, your mindset. A lot of people, I, I identify with you. That's why I love Grunstyle because you and I as fellow drill sergeants, you have the same mindset as far as in the arena goes. It's fuck failure, things like that. What drives you to succeed? What What is your biggest fear in regards to um, in being with Grunt Style? So I had a job for about six weeks. And this is this is not what caused it, but this is a good description of you know that mindset. Um, and the job was, it was an office job. I was sitting in a cubicle doing, you know, I was printing out paperwork for international shipments or something for an international transportation company or whatever. And I've never worked in a cubicle before. I've never been in an office before. And this is straight out of the trail. And um, Straight out of Compton. <laughs> straight out of the trail. It's drill sergeant. Straight. straight out the trail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember looking up one day. I mean, I just literally stood up in my cubicle. And I could see different generations of cubicles. These people started, t uh, you know, in the last five years. These people have been here for 10 years. And this group of cubicle, these guys have been here for 20 years. And it goes all the way down the line. And you can see how you just kind of progress and then you retire. I'm like, wow, what an acceptance of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. I, there is no way I'm gonna love, let this- I love how you say that. Th th this can define me. And, and I don't mean that to be in a derogatory term, because uh, I'm, you know, people have focus and missions outside of work that are more important to them, and I get that. And But to me, work is who I am. Well, no, no, because you bring that up, and that brings up a very good point. You're not knocking people that do that. I get that, but no. it's not for you. And to sit there and categorize or generalize and say, you know, this could be for everybody. Not Even Socrates talked about you have different level people. You have gold, silver, bronze. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's programmed to do the exact same thing. So there's that. I don't see it as saying there's anything wrong with that mindset. What's, people get offended, but honestly, fuck their feelings. If that's what they're about... I would never apologize. Like, Look, I'm not meant to do that. I can't do a nine to five like that. I've got to do something different. You know, I if, if they want to do a nine to five and live in a cubicle, that's fine. But 
and I would, but I want to go over and give that man a high five because he goes out and he crushes it in, in yeah. MMA or after work or mm-hmm. he's like, hey, you know what? I'm doing this for this charity or I'm doing something this for uh, I'm help raising my nieces and nephews and taking care of my family. Right. That's going out there and crushing it. But if I'm going to let one thing define me yeah. and, and I chose my occupation. There is no. It was such an acceptance of mediocrity, and I couldn't. I now, couldn't do it. let's tie that into the veteran community today. The biggest thing that I'm preaching is okay. Both of us have been. We've we've done time overseas. We've done various things in the military. A lot of veterans, from what I'm seeing, is they get out, but they let that past be their defining moment in their life, and they do not continue to move forward and attack life. Right. And so when I see how you've come up with grunt style, it's like, look, you could have called. You could have cashed it in, called it quits, but now you're continuing to progress and say. I'm, I'm always pushing forward, I'm always attacking, and I'm not going to let one thing in my life define me as a whole. Iraq, Afghanistan, noble causes, great things, we've done it, we've been there, we've served, Panama, Burnett, all over, I, mean, I totally get that. But now it's like, what's your next objective? That's right. I mean, there is no way you want to be thir- in your 30s or 40s and be called faded glory. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. You know, what's your next objective? And maybe, and your next objective should be a, a culmination of everything you've done prior. Mm-hmm. Make it a bigger objective. You know, what I, what I want to define me, there is no way. I'm not even there yet. I'm way, way, way far away from that. But every step along the way is going to be greater and a greater and a greater step until I can get there. Right. And I think a lot of people don't understand that mindset, though. They look at you as you're, I mean, you know, I get accused of being arrogant, cocky. But, you know, they confuse that for confidence and a go-getter mindset. You know, when people hear that they're feeble-minded, that are weak-hearted, they take offense to it. It's like, well, you're just too mean. Well, let me tell you something. Successful people in business... You've got to be aggressive and you've got to be, I'm going to, like John Wayne toilet paper, I ain't taking shit off anybody. You know, and people just, they get offended so easily about that. But that's, that's me going No, no, right. and you're <laughs> absolutely right. I mean, and if people only uh, knew that people that are very, very successful are average people that decide to, to make a difference, to, to say, you know what? To do above average things. Absolutely. Uh, I am not, when I, when I started Grunt Style, I sucked at business. I was literally probably the worst person yeah, at business. Yeah, but to hear you talk now, you blow me away. Because I'm not going to lie, I see you as a drill sergeant. And most drill sergeants, we're not fluent in the business speak. We're not fluent in the things that you do. So when I hear you talk, I identify with that. It's like, wow, this dude was a drill sergeant. Look what he's done with his life. Look what he's fucking learned. That's impressive as hell. And it's you are capable of doing so much more than you even think you can. You have to apply yourself. Absolutely. So, so like when we started, and, and I don't know anything about business at all, uh, it, so it was a decision every single day. You know what? I'm going to read another book. I'm going to read another book. I would go through six to a dozen books a month. I would find somebody who knows uh, the best at selling. So I'm going to go attach myself to you. Let's go out to lunch. Teach me everything you know. Okay. Now I need to know about this. Now I need to know about this. Research. Read. Whatever. While everyone else is going out and partying and mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to sit down and watch, you know, they're going to watch movies or hang out with their friends. And you know, the same thing applies to the gym and fitness. Though, because while they're out at the club partying and drinking, doing all what they got to do, you could be in there in the gym bettering yourself. And I'm not saying that you have to do no. that. I mean, with a balance, but I like how you just put that, though. It, your success depends on how much you want to dedicate your time towards it. Absolutely. You don't have to be the best, but if you want to, that's a decision you need to make every day. Fuck being mediocre. I mean, that's just, the that's standard right. is a measuring stick as far as I see how much higher I can go than just subpar. That's right, and it's hard, and that's why most people don't want to do it. It's hard. It's not easy. Right. Okay. So, okay, give me, give me an example of the biggest failure you ever had at Grunt Style that you figured that you know it was a stumbling block that... Uh, but and how you you came back from it because a lot of people can look at the success that's the easy part show me where you failed show me where you were resilient and you bounce back so here's the secret about business there is no one point where this was the most 
uh, this was the closest we got to failure. Or this is where we really failed at. It is literally littered with failure. The first two and a half years that we were in business was nothing but failure. And there's a common business term called fail fast. And, and it applies to life. Do something, try it, and if it's not working, get out of it fast, move on to the next objective. Uh -huh. It's the same thing in the military, it's the same thing in life, same thing in business. Um, so my whole uh, first two and a half years, and, and again, I am not perfect, we still make mistakes, but the first two and a half years was fumbling around in the dark trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, one point um, that I do like to tell a lot is about my wife and I went to Vegas in 2012, January 2012, and at this point, our company was barely limping by. We probably almost went out of business 10 times for various reasons. And um, my wife and I were, she, she was fed up with it. She's like, you know what, Dan, I support you. You know that. Um, but this is, our, this is our first trade show. It's costing a lot of money. We're still not making any money. Um, we have sales, but we don't have anything in the bank. Mm -hmm. Every month, you know, you might make 30,000, but you spent 31. It's not working, Dan. So after this trip, uh, we're going to shut the doors down. I'm like, you know what, babe? You're right. You know, I'm not going to fight you on it. Um, I can figure out something else later. And at this time, I'm still still working two jobs. She had a full-time job. We had a kid. So we were still hustling. But um, the deal was we made between each other, uh, each other is if we don't come home with an extra $6,000 from the show, we're going to shut the doors forever. Mm -hmm. um, and we were so broke going to the show. Um, we, we mentioned we, something about eating peanut butter yeah, and sandwiches. We were so poor. It was like a four-day show or a three-and-a-half-day show. Um, as soon as we landed, we took the free shuttle to the, uh, to the hotel. Then we walked about a mile and a half to the grocery store, um, bought a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter, and that is all we ate for the, the entire time we were there, except for she had a Groupon for like a $15 meal. That is all we ate, the entire show. Um, and we just worked our ass off all day, just hustling, hustling, hustling. Uh, at the night, set everything back up for the next day, and then the next day, same thing again. And she's introverted, and I had her going around, hey, come to our booth, check us out, and then I would try to uh, close deals and everything like that. Now, was, now, you say this. Now, aren't you fixing to go back to Vegas and do another same show. show? Same show. Same show. This is actually so <laughs> – we've been back since, but this is the first time I'm going back to the same show. So this, and look at you then, as opposed to look at you now. Hey, we'll see. Maybe I'll make less. <laughs> but the fact is, look, yeah. we started from the bottom. Yep. Now you're no. here. So at the end of the show, we get on the plane and we tally up the receipts, and we are beat, exhausted. I mean, uh, so she's she sits down on her plane seat and just passes out. Um, I count out the receipts. We needed six grand to keep our doors open. We made a very depressing sixty-seven hundred dollars. It was just enough to stay in business, and it was sad. I was like, fuck, or. Nuts. Whatever. We're already explicit. Fuck it. Roll it. All right. <laughs> so I was like, uh, man. Nuts. I like nuts. <laughs> Bastone, baby. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather was in Bastone. So no shit? Yeah. yeah. Oh. He, was, he was at Normandy and Bastone. Damn. This is a badass dude. I know. He, he came into our office one day and he was making fun of all our little... He called is he still alive? Oh, yeah. He's 90. Oh, dude, that's that's. Impressive. He's making fun of our pea shooters. He's like, those M4s look pretty light. <laughs> It's must, not be an nice. M1. must be nice. Must be nice. Anyway, what's that body armor crap? Yeah. Armor? That's for pansies. Yeah, we we had uh, canvas. <laughs> like okay, it stopped the cold. That's about it. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I remember I was on the mountaintop one time, and um, this was in Kosovo, and we're uh, and I was sitting up there, and it was freezing cold. And he sends me a letter. Never, never talk, talked about his experiences at all. My mom would slap me if if I brought it up. And uh, he wrote me a little letter. It was handwritten. He's like. You know, blah, 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 blah. I remember, you know, the weather sucked. Um, he's like, Bastogne was also cold. 
But being surrounded by three divisions or whatever of Germans kept us warm. <laughs> I was like, you know, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm not <laughs> what arguing. What am I going to say to that? Yeah, I got it. So anyway, so we're getting on the plane, and then I sat down. I'm like, okay, I am not the smartest guy here. I'm not the one to figure it out. But I guarantee you there's other guys who did it better than me. Let me go find out who they are and what they did, and I'm going to do what they're doing. And that was one of the biggest turning points from that uh, near failure of going out of business. Um, we had really turned around. And, it, and it's because I, I had to be humble enough to say, I'm not the smartest guy here. Let me go learn from the best. Now, you bring that up, and that brings up a very good point, Mike. Okay, so when do you know when to flip that switch as far as being humble and then being confident with the decision you've made and not second-guessing yourself? You, uh, you have to recognize, and you know this from being a drill sergeant, you have to recognize where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you stand? And, you know, what, what anno- and I'm sure you, you saw plenty of recruits that they would come in super cocky and they're 18 years old and, you know, their, their PT sucked. They weren't good soldiers, you know, and the, but they were super cocky, you know, and you, you just want to rip their throat out and say, I'd say, I'd say why, why are you so cocky? You've done. Mm-hmm. I mean, why do you think you're better than all these other highly decorated combat veterans and you come in with this uh, attitude of I'm the best, right. I'm awesome because it's me? That doesn't make any sense. You have to always recognize where you are, all right? And that's why the Army does fitness tests. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, um, you know, you can look at your bank statement and see how successful you are. You can look at, you know, your family life. You can look at your social. Anything you can do, you, can, you need to evaluate, this is where I stand. Right. Knowing where you stand, then you recognize, hey, okay, this is where I need to go. Just like points on a map, mm-hmm. all right? This is my SP. You need to know where you're going, and then you figure out the route to get there. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone's already plotted that route, guess what you're going to do? I'm going to go talk to that guy. Right. I'm going to look at what route you took. Why not? He's already done it. Makes sense. A lot of people will question that, though, and say it's not you being an original. But then again, these days, what is? It's, and you know what? I don't care. You know, uh, I've seen more entrepreneurs that failed because they were more proud of being original. Right. And they fail all the time. I very rarely will see someone, this is completely original. So it's kind of like there's already a preset pattern for success. Absolutely. Just follow it. Yeah, and by the time you, you're following them, you're going to still make your own trail. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to look at Nike and say, okay, I just have to make Nike shirts. Well, obviously, that's illegal. Right. But there's going to be things you can definitely learn from them. And you can be, you know, you can branch off and do your own original ideas. Absolutely. I mean, you think about it. If you're going to go up against the United States Army and, uh, let's say, urban warfare, and you're an 18-year-old kid and you say, well, I'm going to take a bunch of my guys and I'm just going to make up some good training and then we're going to fight the Army. But I don't want to learn from anybody else. Mm-hmm. How successful do you think you'd be? You're not really going to You would be yet. dead. Dead. So learn from the best. Makes sense. I like, uh, I like how you put that. All right, let's, let's move on. Um, you know, I definitely want to bring up the issue of your wife and you having to deal with her, her fight with cancer. Yes. Give me some background on that and how, you know, how she's... I mean, I talked to her and she seems very upbeat. And this is not something that I can say from experience. I've never dealt with that. So it wouldn't be for me like saying... Oh, I, I would do that. You don't know. You're not in those shoes. But from when I talk to her, she's extremely positive. She's, you know, she's, she seems like she's a freaking fighter. She Absolutely. The, the secret to my success is definitely my wife. That wife my, my wife, Elizabeth, kicked cancer's ass just like she kicks my ass. Um, <laughs> At least you're admitting it. No, I, I go home and I'm like, woman? I'm like, no. Mm-mm. Oh, she'll let me talk big in front of others. But as soon as the, the door is closed... It's true. Um, Even Steve over there is nodding. Behind the computer, he's like, yeah. <laughs> Big man on campus, little man at home. Go bring her a receipt, Steve. See how you <laughs> All right, so um, last November, she found a lump on her chest. 
And uh, we thought we go to the gym all the time, so we, we thought it was just you know some sort of you know something to do with our workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, hey, you know what? Just get it checked out, just so we can be safe, because it, it was sitting there for Better a couple months. Sorry, yeah. right. Most people would avoid something like that because I think in the back of their mind, you're thinking what it could be, but you know what I don't know won't hurt me, which it, is wrong. And she does, and that's normally how she is too. She, I mean, again, we're average people, so of course, you know, we noticed the lump actually a couple months earlier, and we're like, okay, that's probably just you know some part of your muscle, mm-hmm. whatever. But after you know a month or two, it didn't go away. So I'm like, babe, just go get it checked out. So she got checked out, the biopsy. So it was stage three cancer, um, and the doctor brings her in. And the first thing he says when he sits us down, he's like, Liz, you're, um, don't. I have a plan for you. You know, I was expecting him to come in and say, don't worry, it's fine, we do this all the time, it's routine. It's not what he said. He's like, I got a plan, and it probably will work. And I was like, well, that's not really how what I wanted to hear. Right. And then he goes through his plan. He's like, listen, we're going to start off with four months of chemo, then we're going to go straight into uh, surgery, and then we're going to do radiation for four to six weeks. And then we're going to have you on a chemo. Um, uh, every three weeks you're going to do some form of, a form of chemo um, for the next uh, two years. I'm like, wow, that's that's intense. And Liz turned around. She's like, well, uh, I don't want to lose my hair. Um, and he's like, well, you have to do chemo and you will lose your hair. And she's like, well, why don't we try the surgery and radiation first? And he's like, Liz, you have to understand, you will be dead by Christmas. You're fighting for your life. Yeah. You'll be dead if we don't start with chemo. Your chances of survival are very, very slim if you don't start off with chemo. Right. And, you know, and she's like, well, I don't want to lose my hair. I'm like, uh, babe, I'm pretty sure our, our son, or five, he was five, would appreciate you being there with no hair than not there at all. Right. And she's like, okay, no, no, that makes sense. You know, it, it's you know, women's attachment to how they, they look and everything like that. And she's a beautiful girl, and she's not vain whatsoever. But um, well, No, that makes sense. I mean, it'd be like, you know. It's important. Yeah. So we, we did the chemo, um, and the chemo was supposed to destroy all the cancer. She, so, But uh, when we did the, uh, the surgery afterwards, it turns out it didn't. Um, she, they, it went, she went from stage three to stage two, which was the right direction, but it definitely did, the cancer was still there. But they uh, surgically removed everything, and then she went just finished radiation up two days ago. So she, we're excited about that. And nice. then she's, I noticed she's, she's growing her hair. Yeah, right she's good. it's coming back in, so she's nice. pretty excited. So. Awesome. It's good. That's good to hear, man. I'm really happy. She stayed the entire time. And let me tell you what's so amazing about this woman. The entire time, she went to work every day, full time. Um, she still took care of her son. Um, you know, take him to the swimming class, d- did grocery shopping. She's a better cook than me. She refuses to eat half the things I make. Um, and she still goes to the gym three times a week. Never stops. I think she maybe Damn. missed a handful of workouts. She had You're more... talking about a woman fighting cancer, yes. still in the gym, and yet people will make excuses out there as to why they can't go lift. Absolutely. That's why I call a lot of people, you call them on their bullshit. It's like, you're fucking lying. I know you're lying. That's right. So it, you can, I mean, you look at, okay, so she has cancer. She had cancer, excuse me. Then you have. Double, single, triple amputee veterans coming back, yep. going out there and doing CrossFit games. I mean, you, you, there's, you know, a, a numerous amount of examples out there, but people will still make a bullshit excuse and then try and validate it and hide behind it, hide behind the validity of it and say, well, no, I have a full-time job. So do we all. Absolutely. I have kids. So do I. Yep. When you're get, when you, if you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to fucking do it. Don't make an excuse. That's right. Great. I mean... Greatness clearly comes from the decisions you make every single day. We are not extraordinary people. We are only extraordinary by the actions or in the decisions that we make every day. Right, which is not going to be an easy decision. It's no. got to be a little... I mean, I think for me, there's, I wasn't always motivated. I'll be honest with you. It was when I became a drill sergeant and I saw these kids coming in. Because after you've been in the Army for a while, you start to burn out. Multiple deployments, you know, dealing with, you know, people that are just, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning getting the call to go pick your kid up at the drunk tank at the MP station. <laughs> 
always, you know, domestic violence, all this stuff, and it wears on you, and then it takes a toll on your family life, and you got to go home and deal with that. It's, it's very, people don't understand the strain the veteran community have on their day-to-day life, you know, but uh, anyway, you know, you get burned out, I got burned out, and when I became a drill sergeant, I'm not going to lie, I didn't go into it wanting to be that. I was excited. But I was like, this is not something I truly want to do. I'd rather be going back to Afghanistan with my boys from the Screaming Eagles. I was ready to go back with them, and I, I got orders to be a drill sergeant. But when I saw these 17-, 18-year-old kids coming through the door with that motivation that I once had, that I let somebody steal from me, it reignited that fire to say, look how fucking motivated they are. It's like you give them an obstacle. It doesn't matter what it is. They're going to plow through it. You tell, I mean, you, you talk, talk about audacity. I can tell a soldier that you're probably going to fail his PT test. Roger that, drill sergeant. We'll see. It's like, number one, you're borderline disrespectful, but I love your fucking moxie. I love that. Because you know what that moxie leads into? Yeah. That kid's going to be under fire. Hey, we gotta go get to, we got to go get this kid who just got hit. Yep. Roger that. Let's fucking go. I love and it. And people don't understand that shit. That's why when I made that obesity video, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, I accept you for you not because you can be better. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, my God, you called that that habit fat and, you know, disgusting, whatever. And it is. That mindset is what's disgusting. I, I, I'm repulsed by it. That's... It's mediocrity. Why would you want to be identified with that when you could be so much more? It, it, John, it, and as much as I, uh, we've hung out together, I mean, I think I have a good idea of who you are now and the kind of guy you are. You're that guy that will go out and you would rather hang out and high five and be buddies with the dude that's 350 pounds in a sweatsuit running up and down the street knowing he's got such a distance to go right. rather than the guy who's like, I don't have to work out because I'm, uh, I'm naturally exactly. not, not out of shape. Because the, there's one of those guys that is hustling. Somebody is hungry. No that's pun right. intended. Somebody is hungry for success. And when you see that fight, like you say, like those 17, 18-year-old recruits, I want to be Ranger, I want to be SF. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, how many of these kids are actually going to make it? Oh. How many are you going to quit? And, you know, good for the ones that don't, but you know, at least they have a dream, at least they have a goal. And that's, that's where I got my motivation from, because it wasn't always like that. The Army sapped it from me, but, and then it was also surrounding myself with like-minded people, not wanting to be around those people that just wanted to be mediocre or standard. Because then you adopt that mentality, it becomes yeah. who you are. It's like, absolutely not. Absolutely. No, and I remember briefing my guys right before we graduate, and I'm like, listen, man, you're going to go to units, and they're going to try to steal your motivation, because yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I said, and you know it's what's going to happen? It's usually that pissed off senior E4 who yeah. thinks he should be an E5 and says, fuck the Army, I want to get out. That's right. And, and you know what you're going to do? You're going to become the leader uh-huh. just by your attitude and motivation. Yep. That's what you need to be. You're going to influence everyone around you and say, you know what? hate you for it. That's right. And they're like, wait, guys, this is going to suck and we're going to love it. Let's go do it. <laughs> People don't understand that. It's yes. like, why are you going on a Gus gas mask wrong? It's going to suck. You're damn right. But if I won't, who the fuck will? That's right. Let's push oh, that great. envelope. Let's push that board yeah. and see just how far we can make it suck. You know, it just, that's why I ran my first marathons. Okay, I've done an Army 10 miler. I want to see if I can run a marathon. Why? Just to see what I can push my body into doing. Because once you've accomplished that, you look back, you turn around and see this, this crater that you've made. It's like, wow, give me something else because there's nothing else out there that I can't do if I really put my mm-hmm. mind to it. Right? Absolutely. I love it. Fuck, let's go lift right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Lastly, your thoughts on taking chances. Uh, like, exam- give me, give me uh, if you can think off the top of your head, uh, a chance that you had to take or in general, like... How important do you feel it is to to take a chance, to step, take a step forward into nothingness and unknown, and just put it all on the line, going all in or rolling sure. the dice? So there's a difference between uh, being stupid and I think taking a, a calculated risk. Right. So I, I'm a very big fan in calculated risk, and, and my wife might tell you different. Like I'm a bag of cats sometimes. Um, <laughs> a bag of cats. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Is that from the trail? Yeah. Herding cats? Yep, herding cats. <laughs> People so, don't understand that about the drill star life. It feels like you were like a cowboy herding a, a herd of cats. That's what it feels like. Which is impossible. <laughs> so, but I, I'm, a, I'm a strong believer in calculated risks. And, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to do something that's, uh, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to math everything out. Cause, and, and again, I do a lot of that. But like say when I'm starting grunt style, it was a big risk. I'm going to make this my livelihood. But my calculation was, yes, I am fully committed and I'll put everything on the line, but I still know that my family needs to eat, so I still want to have two jobs. Right. A backup but, plan. That's right. My entire effort is over here. There's an old African proverb that says, a fool tests the water with both feet. Now, that doesn't mean, it still doesn't mean you're not going swimming. Right. But when I put one foot in the pool and my, you know, my feet, my skin starts melting off, hey, you know what? I'm going to try that other pool. Right. All right. So taking risk and taking chance and, and committing is definitely uh, important. But you need to commit to the end game, not the journey. You know, where do you want to be? That's where I'm going to be. So And then when create you, the steps to get there. That's right. You know what? This route is not the proper way. I am going to go take this route instead. It's almost so you could even take that and translate into military terminology as far as backwards planning. It's like Absolutely. here's the end result. How do I get there? Okay, mm-hmm. well, if we got to be there by 1600 at night, we need to be SP in it or starting it, you know, this early in the morning. Then should we get there? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and that's exactly what it is. But everything's a map. Show me your destination. Let's pick this route. Okay, that route's not working. Pick this route. It's too easy. Last question. All right. Um, where do you want to see Grunt Style going? What is you? You just talked about it. Where's the end result? Be as cocky, as arrogant as you want. Because <laughs> now people will say this like, if you were to say, I want to be a multi million dollar company with buildings in New York, fuck it. That's where everybody started from. But I mean, what, what do you want? You know, it's money is just a score. I don't really care about money. We live in a pretty modest house, we don't have any fancy cars or anything like that. That stuff's not really important. Um, the, and, when you when you talk among other like millionaire peers or whatever like that, they're just just scores. But at the end of the game, what I want to take grunt, grunt style is two things. On the commercial side or the you know the consumer side, I want to be the brand that 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 people look at and said that that means something. That I'm I have a connection to that. That instills pride in me. That instills pride in our military, and that's still pride in the country that I love. Mm-hmm. You know, freedom, it's patriotism. So, that's right. And I want that to be everywhere. There's a ton, millions of patriots out there, and I want them to. I want to to fill some of that patriotic void. Do you feel like America has become less patriotic these days? No. What I feel that is, I I don't think that from generation to generation things change much. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that really changes is how you know something might get more of a voice one over the other. Mm -hmm. I I I mean, deep down, if you think about it, this is what grunt style is all about. Every boy when they were growing up had a warrior inside of them they played that hero they played that warrior and they when they grew up they were going to be that marine or be that soldier Stephen right? Pressfield he wrote Gates of Fire uh, it's on like the uh, required reading list at West Point it's a very good book but he talks about a quote in there he said it is, it is perfectly understandable why as a child the boy will reach for the sword and the girl will reach for the doll but then I mean you can definitely take that several different ways sure. and I'm sure the feminists out there will go crazy and it's like oh it's not it's just an example that you know there are some people out there that do want to be the hero, to be the the marine. Every boy soldier. does. Every single boy. It's our job is to to show that uh, men in this culture and it, um, that you can still be the warrior. You don't have to have the uniform right now to stand True. up and, and be that warrior. Whether you're worn one or you didn't, you still. But 
you still need to stand up for what's right. Yeah. You need to defend your family. Um, you need to do you know the right thing, even though it's hard. Stand up for what you believe. That is a man. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what a man is not is someone who's like, well, it's He's too gonna hard. He's going to pander to the needs of society and That's bend right. down and say, oh, you hurt my feelings. It's like, okay, well, you know what? Fuck your feelings. I believe this to be right. That's right. Totally understand that. Okay, so what else? There were two things. That was the first thing, patriotism. The, the other one is more of the uh, government side. I think we... Uh, the guys in our company, we got 92 people over here, 70% of our veterans, mm-hmm. and if we're continuing to grow all the time. We're hiring people every week. You guys are, you, you bust your ass from us. Your hours that you put in here are ridiculous. And you talk about, you think you think grunt style, you think a company, I don't think people understand just the amount of work and hard labor y'all put into it every single day. I mean, I see guys in here freaking just, you know, burning the midnight oil, and you don't even ask them to. It's just they have so much pride in putting out a good product that they don't want to hand out a shitty product. It's like, this represents us. It better be perfect. Well, we're all building. I mean, it's not. this is not Dan's company. This is every every ounce of effort they put into it uh, is it, helped building that one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And everyone contributes to it. And they all see that. And that's important. Uh, so the other aspect is um, I want our guys to influence or have either like a subdivision to help create... Um, great products for the military as well, whether that's gear or technology or whatever like that. And that's a long ways away. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about that right now. But uh, it's on the who, who's better to make stuff for warfighters in war than warfighters? Right. It makes sense to me. You know, yeah. should Lockheed Martin do that? Sure. I mean, they can make you know cool missiles and whatever this. But how many iterations of body armor did we go through in the last ten oh, years? Geez. I mean, even it, uniforms. It, even uniforms. uniforms. Yeah. You know, I remember but who were those designed by too. I know who was designed by. I sat down with there were six board members uh, from a very very large company that controls um, most of the military supply chain, and this is when I was still in uniform. Um, I just started grunt style. Somebody hooked me up with a meeting with them. We're sitting down right outside Fort Benning. And I'm in uniform because I, I just took a few minutes while I was on the trail off. And we're at, we're at that little Mexican restaurant right outside um, uh, Main Post. Right off Post, like Exit 2. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, geez. Uh, like Los, right, before, right after Commandos, right? Yes. I know exactly. It's like, Lo, not Lost Bravos. But anyway. It, yeah. Okay. So we're sitting at the restaurant and he's like, hey, what do you think of the AC uniforms? He's like, I was one of the six guys that designed that and proved it. <laughs> and I'm like, I looked straight out of his eyes. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, 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 we know they're shitty. <laughs> yep. So it sums it up. Well, at least, I mean, they're doing something right because these new uniforms coming out, I like them. The, uh, the OCP pattern, yeah. the, the kind of multicam, I like that. Now, I did see that in Afghanistan, the ACU did work on the mountain backdrop, but the multicam blended a whole lot better. It was, it was more of a... Uh, Multicultural, if yeah. you will. Yeah, and, and listen, my interest is not in creating the uniforms. My interest is in creating more of the engineering. I'm going to be fucking Iron Man. Dude, that'd be awesome. Creating like an exoskeleton or something like that? Something like that. You never know. <laughs> you never know. How many, uh, little known fact, a lot of the technology we have today, you know, where it's, you know where the originality came from? Comic books. I'm not lying. Where'd you get that? Comic look, books? Look it up. <laughs> no, if you look back in the early start of comic books... You saw some of the designs they did, and you see it actually in you actually see it done today, because people they it all starts with an idea, and that idea takes form and reality, and they make it. And it's crazy how a lot of that stuff. Yeah, little known fact: if you watch, uh, I hate to bring this up, but if you watch Comic Book Man, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm a dork. Whatever. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it talks about various types of comic books, but they brought up that fact in there. It's like this is where a lot of stuff came from. They're very knowledgeable right. guys. So that's pretty cool. 
I like it. Drop some knowledge on you. Don't don't fall off the ledge. Wow. The knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're gonna wrap it up, y'all. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you so much for being here, Dan. Greatly appreciate it. I love getting to see you know fitness is one thing, but when you see the business mindset of people, you know, entrepreneurs like yourself going out there and attacking life using that military style of of thought process and, and motivation, I think that's where a lot of successful people come from. You know, always attacking and never saying you know what if. It's attack. So, but hey. All right, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You're always welcome in our building. Awesome. Um, thank you all for tuning in. We've been trying to do a podcast at least uh, once every two weeks. And uh, on the comments section of when we post this, put some ideas and thoughts you'd like to see more podcasts done on. We definitely will continue to do fitness. We're also going to branch out there and talk about just motivation, inspiration, what drives people. Because, you know, you might have your own way of doing things. You know, we talk about originality, and that's what it's all about, applying yourself and doing it your way, but being smart about it. So, again, thank you so much. Uh, stay in the arena.